Welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting on your short week, everybody. Coming at you probably a day later. Who knows when this will actually drop, but it's Tuesday when recording. We usually record on Mondays, uh, but uh, it is Memorial Day week, and uh, we are excited to be back. Margo's with me, as always, and uh, we just uh, finished up a, a new series, or not a new series now. I guess it's three weeks old, so it's not no longer new, but <laughs> a series called White Flag. Uh, but before we get into the recap of the, uh, of, of the talk, which is the point of of the podcast we know that but we like to fill it in with some other things to keep you coming back just in case you hated the message or like 40 percent of our church apparently traveling <laughs> on the weekend margo got the numbers today and said uh opened up our our little church management software and said 40 percent down from last week yep and last week wasn't even like i mean it was, last week was big it was nice but it wasn't like our biggest ever and i'd like to imagine that we just have a really strong population of very like fit very eco-friendly people that yeah. are just climbing mountains. In reality, a lot of you are probably just barbecuing and laying in your yard on a hammock, but yeah. <laughs> we'll give saw, you the benefit of the doubt. saw lots of pictures this week on Instagram of people just out enjoying life, and uh, good for you guys. It was awesome. Um, so we did something over the weekend, uh, not together, you and I, but uh, individually we each went and saw Solo. And I went with uh, Eric, uh, who we've talked about multiple times on the podcast. He's one of our interns on the podcast here, and uh, <laughs> he knows everything about everything. So, um, but his last day at, with us at Eastlake uh, was yesterday, yeah, not yesterday, two days ago, Sunday. Um, so he he was uh, doing, he, he's going to school at Eastern and, and was leading our worship and being a part of the Eastlake band. And, and if and, you've ever made the drive from here to Spokane, just imagine doing that twice. Yeah. A couple days apart. Right. Exactly. Driving down on the weekends to, to do worship for us. And it sounded like a, a like a really smart thing to do back in September when I approached him on it. And then about December, he was like, I hate my life right now. <laughs> At least and, he didn't uh, have a winter like we did the previous. Otherwise, finished, that would have been bad. He finished the contract, which is kudos to him. So as a reward, we uh, gave him an REI gift card and then took him to Solo uh, on Sunday night. So I saw it Sunday night. Late, but in the, like the Dolby Atmos, like the big, you know, rock your socks off, that kind of thing, which is awesome. It was, it was a great experience. Loved it. You went and saw it on Saturday with your husband. Yes. And which uh, is a big deal for him. Did you see his post about it? No. Is he not a solo fan? Is he not a Star Wars fan? <laughs> He's not a movie theater fan. Oh, okay. So the last time I was able to drag him to actually see a movie in theaters, apart from the one that we did as a staff, was so that, like, this is without the influence of, oh, Brent, Brent's really cool. It I want to hang out with Brent. Was. Please tell me it was a <laughs> no, chick flick. No, no. The only oh, one I on. could talk him into was Pirates of the Caribbean, whatever the newest one is. Oh, like, garbage. seven, eight, nine. Oh. <laughs> Dude. He does not like going to the movie theater. He said before Solo, the last time he'd seen a movie on opening night or opening weekend was, like, 17 years ago. Crazy. He's like a grouchy old man. When yeah, it comes to what a get off my bit. lawn, apparently. So I'm hoping I'm hoping this planted the seed and he's like, Oh, yes, it's crowded, but these chairs are giant and comfy. Yeah, and it wasn't absolutely. that bad. Arm rest up, right? So, so fingers crossed. Pray for me. Yeah. That that my uh, husband So then will you learn you came it. in on Sunday and said and asked me, Have you seen Star Wars yet? And I was like, No, I haven't seen it yet. And like, oh, I really want to talk about it. I, I just wanna <laughs> I just gotta vent. I gotta do some things. So we're gonna do that for just a few minutes. So if you if you haven't oh, seen the gosh. movie um, then spoiler warning, you may want to fast forward a touch. Yeah. Um, but hopefully you've already seen it or don't care enough about, see, sometimes like I, I listen to these bachelorette recaps. I've told you this before on the podcast. 
I don't need to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette to enjoy the you recaps. You don't care if it spoils it. For yeah, you. I have no. I I don't care. Um, and so maybe that's for you as well, which is, would also be awesome. I have, I have a few stats to throw you away before we get started Great. on this thing. Um, so it, any any guesses over under on a hundred million dollars for opening weekend? I know that it underperformed what they wanted it to Correct. i don't know what like their definition of underperformance would be like you just paid my bills for the rest of my life so i don't I, know what the budget was to make the movie i did not get those stats but it took an 83.3 million dollars domestic which means u.s theaters alone it took in 148 globally on its opening weekend which was far far less than estimates in fact it was the it's coming close to the having the lowest global debut of any live action Star Wars movie since worldwide openings became common in the post 2000 era and that includes episode 2 and 3 okay the worst Star Wars movies ah uh, so i mean real quick hot take what what, what did you think i mean well, what was it's your far better than episode 2 and 3 i thought so too yeah absolutely uh for me okay so so here are my roadblocks going into it okay all right like the things that like the movie had to overcome okay uh, one, not the biggest fan of who they cast for Harrison Ford. There was another actor that actually has played a young Harrison Ford and is known for having this spot on impersonation. There's actually was a Kickstarter uh, for making a quick, short Han Solo movie that they cast him in. And this guy is perfect. Perfect. And here's a challenge where they're like, oh, we just want like... This this actor that's really good, and I'm I've like, never re- I didn't recognize him. Is he from something else? Is he's he from things? like really not like B rated. He was in this uh, paranormal teen romance movie that was based on a book series called Beautiful Creatures, where he has like the most obnoxious Southern accent. So in my head, that was in the back of my head watching. Kind of like Rick Grimes. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, so like he didn't very he didn't really look like him to me. His mannerisms, I didn't feel like he was trying pretty hard. To, to be like Han Solo He was trying, and it, to me, it was falling short. And I, I felt like they missed on all three, honestly. Amelia Clark was another one where I'm like, she's pretty to look at, but I don't think she's the most dynamic actress. And I... <sighs> And hot take, I'm not a big Donald Glover fan. I know everybody really? is right now. I enjoyed him. Everybody thought, loves him. Like, when he hosted SNL, everybody's like, oh, this guy's amazing. I was like, but I, thought, I don't I, see I, it. He convinced me as Lando, though. Like, to me, I was like, yeah, uh, I, think I can he, see I think it. I think he tried. I think all three of them tried too hard. Really? Yeah, I just, I wasn't, I'm not a fan. So that was hard. Yeah. I really wish they cast the other guy. And it's like the big argument that's going around because a lot of people are on. People are talking, right? A lot of people are with me on yeah, this. Sure, is yeah. that they're getting mad. And like you can argue, well, Han Solo has developed into the Harrison Ford character. Like this is him when he's still a bit more malleable, still a bit more vulnerable. I'm like, but there's still, there's still like. He's a good guy like we found out at the end, yes. right? He, you're, he's one of the good ones. But his like his, your facial expressions, your body posture, a lot of these things are pretty ingrained once you reach a certain age. And to me, it just felt off. Like a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to cast an impressionist. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Because Han Solo is this huge character. Yeah. This infamous like people know him. And if you mess with what people know, it's not going to go over well. So sure. yeah, cast someone that is great at doing the same thing because that is what we want, right? We yeah. want Harrison Ford to jump into a time machine and do this movie. So so give me a out of 10, what's your what's your rating? Uh either a 6 or a 7, like yeah. in terms of like I'm in the I same was way. I was same entertained. Here. Yeah. Um, I, there was characters in it I liked. I liked, uh, that they have another droid character in it that I thought was strong in, se- in the sense of 
this char- this character stands on their own. It's not like when you go from R2-D2 to BB-8. BB-8 is just a cuter version of R2-D2, right? He's a little less sassy, a little more cutesy, but I felt like they were so similar that it was just white noise and then i liked in rogue one that they had the, like he's my favorite newer droid that they've introduced i like you have this sassy droid that stands on his own he's not annoying like c-3po he's got the sass of r2d2 but he can verbalize things and so i love that character and so i like that they introduced a droid that was a female droid which is like whoa <laughs> shocking uh, <laughs> here's my problem with that can you remember the name of the droid in Rogue One and the droid in the in the solo movie? It's like K two was the was the Rogue One. This one is oh, is it three something E three? See, I'm like yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, well, I remember R two D two. I've seen Rogue One like three times. Yeah. I've seen Star Wars like six hundred that, times. That's fair. So. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, I gave it also like a six and a half uh, or six or seven out of, out of ten. And but here's what I felt like: I felt like if it wasn't Star Wars, it probably would have gotten like a two or a three for me. Like it's that's just how much it carries the, the weight of mm-hmm. the universe of Star Wars, which I love and the story and the people and the connection thing. Um, biggest biggest flop for for the movie. What, what do you think was the? I mean, was it was it the casting of Han for you? Was the thing that you just couldn't get over? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't awful. Like, Can I tell you mine and then you think about it and if you get something yeah. else? Okay. So for me, mine was at the end, the bad guy behind the scenes being Darth Maul, which was absolutely atrocious, an atrocious casting thing. Because especially once I found out the time, at first I didn't like it because I was like, oh, come on, guys. Let's get creative and let's do something different. And then I found out my brother-in-law at, the, at this barbecue yesterday walked me through the timeline about how, uh, yeah, he was... Cut in half, right yeah. from Obi Wan. Yes, um, and he. When you watch, because me and Matt went and rewatched his death scene, because yeah. I'm like, I feel like he pulled. This is gonna sound awful. I feel like he pulled the Titanic, and like his head was binging off all the stuff oh. on his way down. Yeah, rewatch it. And yeah. the story yeah. is that this took place after that, and their reasoning was that the <laughs> lightsaber wound cauterized. Well, it does the top half of him, and he apparently lived through that. And then he's got robotic legs, which does anybody ever then die in the Star Wars universe truly? Also, when you fall into an infamous Star Wars tunnel, like everyone falls down one of those. You don't come back. Nobody those comes things, back. For some reason, I don't it's know a where black they hole. Go. Who knows where they go? They are unending yeah. on purpose. You know where like, they go to the Star, to- Star Trek universe. So how did, they go like, in there and then they end up. Like, if Han Solo got a lightsaber, one. a small lightsaber went to like his pancreas, why isn't he still alive? Dude. I'm telling you, it was so bad. So I that was made like, me upset too. Oh, uh, this. Uh, it, also, yeah. that throws off the mantra that we've heard for years that, okay, if you're not super familiar with Star Wars, this is me throwing out a tiny bit of explanation. There's always multiple good guys, which are the Jedi, the ones that can move stuff with their mind and then jump and really high. There's always two bad guys. And there's always two. Yep. No more, no, no less. less, a master and an apprentice. They make it rhyme so you remember it. Right. But this means in the timeline at this point, we have the Emperor, who is the, the big, big bad guy. We have Darth Vader, which you're familiar with, and, then and this chick. Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. are all alive at the same time, and possibly oh, this yeah, chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And possibly this chick, if she is somehow Sith or, you know, because yeah. she she has some moves that we didn't even get to see. Like they didn't even let us see her little like takedown. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's covering up the fact that she ha- also. So this is th- this is throwing off the equilibrium. Yeah. Of Do you give any universe. grace 
to the fact that Disney had to pull out the director, the original director, halfway through. Ron Howard had to come yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, and, like, and I like Ron Howard. Mess. I do too. He had a great tweet. Uh, if you go on him and follow him on on uh, Twitter, because somebody posted about how you know some some snarky Twitter comment, which is like what half a Twitter, um, <laughs> was uh, yeah, but it underperformed. You know, from a from a release standpoint or whatever, and he just admitted straight up he didn't try and dodge it. He actually like responded and in doing so quoted the original tweet and said, "Yep, didn't do as great as we thought it would, but uh, I think it's still a really good flick, and you should go check it out." I was like, "Dude, good for you, good on you, like standing by, yeah, for like not having your identity so wrapped up in the success of your film, but saying, yeah, didn't do as great, but I think it's still a good story, and and hopefully you can go any like recommended this uh, if, if you Google this, you'll get some some pretty fair reviews on on this on on both." sides and i honestly think you enjoy it just trying to tackle a han solo movie sets you up for failure just because in the sense of people are so emotionally invested and attached to this character that doing his his upbringing story you're gonna talk about doing something under a microscope of scrutiny because people are really <laughs> sensitive about as i just got upset about there being more than one sith people are really upset like or sensitive yeah. When it comes to like, don't mess with my character. Like, I love this character, and I don't want to know things I don't want to know. And like, once I, once you reveal something to me about his past that I don't like, I can't erase that. And I mean, we hated. We thought, you know, everyone wanted a Vader. Like, how did Vader become Vader? And then we saw it, and we're like, I can't unsee Hayden Christensen. So, oh, dude, again, so I overacting. Think, I think that people it's are terrible. hesitant. I think there's a yeah. lot of people sitting back and being like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see this because I just. I don't know, like if it's going to be good. I, I heard next is Boba Fett. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I don't know anything about the trailers or anything for that, but well, we'll see. I like the uh, avenues of which they've gone, going away from episodes and doing these side stories. I enjoy that. It's fun, but I do think it's a cheat because you automatically get all of the plus side of Star Wars, um, and you get to be authority figures on the on what happened in the story. But the thing and I like cash about in it without necessarily is that it stands on its own feet. You're not doing a, a Star Wars Force Awakens where let's rehash all the same old jokes. And just shuffle so races and characters so around bad. to create the same exact movie as Star Wars, Wars Episode Wars was Four. Total so garbage. similar to Rogue One, it stood on its own. Not as strong as Rogue One in terms Thought of Rogue character development yeah. and story arc and all these things. Absolutely. Uh, any any ideas or any thoughts on it being released basically the same weekend or same time frame? I think it was one week off, but from Deadpool Two, you think that was a strategy thing? Like, hey, we know it's not as good as what it should have been, so we're going to do it in this way so that you got some competition. So that Here's your, a- okay, in the Venn diagram of people that are going to see Star Wars, you definitely have you're definitely drawing for some for some of the same pool that Deadpool would draw, but Deadpool is getting I feel like in now nowadays Deadpool almost has more momentum because there's a lot of people that aren't into Star Wars or that nerd universe that just love the being real like kind of like foul humor of Deadpool yeah. they're like yeah like let's see stuff blow up and hear jokes about things that shouldn't be joked about and this is hilarious and yeah plus deadpool's marketing killed it in terms of like all the things that they did yeah confession never saw deadpool one or or two really don't have any desire but i've heard it's hilarious so whatever but um yeah anyways that's uh so i i did uh want to throw out one last thing on this i this solo stuff and i know we're like way too many minutes into <laughs> this like, but what am i listening um, to read through uh the new yorker this last week there's an article in there and i'm going to post a link to 
to it in the show notes so that you can read it. Because I think you get like 12 art free. You don't have to subscribe. You just get uh, some free articles every month on, on that if you read it. Uh, the article is called How Superheroes Made Movie Stars Expendable by a guy named Stephen Metcalf. Um, and the illustration of the story was, or the, the, the point of the article was that you no longer need to have a good story. With the most important thing you need to make a blockbuster money-making machine is intellectual property of some sort of a universe, right? So, so Disney buys Star Wars. Take my money, Disney write buys that meme. Marvel, right? So, <laughs> all of a sudden, you have all of these these um, things where we can go and and provide this web and put out mediocre movies, but they tie in pretty well to a universe, and so therefore you're guaranteed money because people want to go see these types of things. Yeah. So I was sitting in the previews um, next to Eric watching, and three previews came on. One of them was for Ant-Man and Wasp, some, the Lady Wasp or something like that. Uh, uh, and I can't remember I can't remember the other two, but all of them were like these superheroes, very like, um, who's the Michael Bay-ish type look of just action, and but no story or plot or whatever. And I learned, turned over to him and I go, listen, I'm a little bummed because I was over three. I watched all three of those previews and I thought on none of them, oh, I can't wait to watch that. None of them. And I said, that's usually a pretty good indicator. I'm not going to actually like the movie I'm about to see because that's who they thought is the target for this type of thing. and The mindless fandom. It just draws me into this I, this whole thing of... Man, I'm I am bummed because I feel like we are in a the middle of a season where I mean I I, I get it it makes money and that's what they're about, uh, but you don't have to have a good story or a good plot or even good casting. The primary goal is to get the right intellectual property and then it'll kind of sell itself. And that's just that's me being Debbie Downer on the whole movie industry right now. Well, also they've put out so many so soon. I feel like they just. Like, the studio execs aren't giving them even the time. Like, I'm sure that the one guy that's like, this is the one, this is my, like, there's lots of superhero movies, but this is my superhero movie that I'm working on. I'm sure they want to make it stand out and be great, but there's this crunching of time of you got to get it out, you got to get it out, because you're just, they're throwing them. I mean, there's like four every year, right? Four or five. So I just feel like it's this juggernaut that can't slow down and... The more that they put out, the the more quality is going to suffer. But yeah, all right, let's move on. Thanks for uh, <laughs> hanging with us. We'll put the it whole... in our show notes. Fast yeah. forward to this point right here. Absolutely. Welcome back to another exciting episode. For those of you who are just now joining us, uh, we did finish our White Flag series, three week series on the Book of Jonah and what it meant, what it would look like to run away from God, or what kind of, you know, I mean, that, there's a, there's a whole thing of. Uh, the dynamic of why did, did this book make it in the Old Testament scriptures? Why did the Jewish people feel like this was an important book to keep? It's only four chapters long. Um, interestingly enough, it's 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 one of the times that we kind of went um, in a more, it's called exegetical, but like a, a book by book or verse by, by verse kind of walkthrough of a book of the Bible. Some churches do that. Like that's all they do. That's their jam. Yeah, that's their jam. Feel very like liturgical. Like this a little is bit. Like, like a schedule week that we're one was follow. chapter one, week two was chapter two, that kind of thing. And but then on week three we did chapters three and chapters four, um, and uh, yeah, we had uh, a, a great take. And and I I hope the the insight for me that I, I was trying to convey is if if you stopped with chapter three, the story would make the the moral of the story would be completely different. Once you go into chapter four. Um, and you realize this whole story has revolved around them trying to make sense of a God who chooses to bless or at least not uh, punish, punish 
um, uh, these people who had turned from the, you know, these people who had repented, who were not chosen by God, who were, who are by all accounts that we would kind of set up bad people. And, um, even though they already have stuff in their Bible being like the rain falls on the wicked and the good. (laughs) Right. This is just a, yeah, like a, a really a mythical story about uh, an exposition of that verse: the rain falls on the godly and the un- and the ungodly, or the just and the unjust. Um, this is which is like because that's God that's is, both negative, God but is like bigger than your bias. Yeah, like that's kind of the absolutely. So that's been the point of it. Um, and I I did mention and I wanted to kind of walk through this because I I walked away from Sunday thinking this was a big piece of it because we closed it off with this song um, called "Take Courage" uh, by Bethel Music. Um, all the feels were had. Oh, it was great. It was it was everything that I had thought it would be in terms of leading up to that, which is which is great. But um, I had mentioned in one of the services uh, that uh, when I was talking about running from God, there's 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 a sense in which you can run because I I don't you know I'm just I'm just straight up running. I'm doing what I want to do in light of it. Right. That's a very common. That makes sense to a lot of people. Like I'm gonna have my fun now, and then sure. when I've when I've had my cake and ate it too, and then I'll when I have the kids and settle down, then I'll come back to church and clean up my act and right. And, and but there was another thing about how that I think is super relevant, especially for those who would consider themselves kind of insiders and Christians. And I'm speaking to you know the the choir or whatever of. I've done, I've stepped out and risked something that I think is pretty good. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm being a good person and I'm not getting blessed or I'm not feeling like I've got your blessing on that. In fact, I feel like it's going the opposite direction. Life has gotten harder now that I've made the right choices. Yes, 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 yes. And as a result, then I feel like, why would I continue to make this or why I'm struggling to persevere through being good. I thought being good would make life easier and it feels like it has no bearing. And, and I don't even know that I would say I'm getting punished as a result of it, but like, it's just like, it doesn't seem that you care if I'm good or not good or, uh, doing, doing uh, the right selfless things. Yeah. Do you know, like, uh, Reverend, uh, Leonard T. Raven, Ravenhill. He's awesome. He's like an old school, like 1920s revivalist preacher. But he talked about how people like this same complaint. He's like, I have people in my congregation being like, why why do I bother being good if my life looks, at least for all appearances, is harder than my neighbor who's doing whatever they want. And he's like, well, look at Jesus. Like, he's he's someone that did nothing wrong. And how did his life? (laughs) He's like, how do you expect your life to be easier? than the person that did it better than you than you're doing it now and like he's like it's not gonna sell like it's not selling christianity this yeah. is not an easy sell yeah and tim keller talked about it in his prodigal god book we did the, the prodigal god series you can you can run or be in a, a distance from the father but both by by being very bad and also by being very good um those are two different ways that you can you know create this chasm between you and the father um, and, uh, it just, it shows up not only in the new Testament through the prodigal son story, but also as, as we see it, hopefully in this Jonah series. And, uh, I thought that that was something that I think I nailed in one of the services and I can't remember which one. And then I feel like I missed it in the other two. So anyways, if I, if I, this is, this is my chance to come back and be like, I thought that was really good. And, uh, maybe you didn't hear it. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe you missed what I was trying to communicate. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned too, 
um, in when we sat down just before we recorded this thing, because um, I asked you, you know, what were some of the things that you brought up and trying to not humanize the enemy in the story, but trying to create the context for what it really meant. Like this story would have like knocked the socks off of people that it was that it was originally written for because they understood the cultures. They understood the communities that we're talking about, like oh, these people. Mm-hmm. I've heard about these people. I've had friends that have been abused or killed by these people. And so how do we how do we transpose this to a modern understanding? Right. Because if you if you don't, then you the you know part of the message or the power of the message is involved in understanding that this isn't just a categorically bad people. This was let's oh. let's put it in your cat you know let's put it in our thing. So your comments were uh, Ninevites were modern day ISIS basically like that kind of we've heard stories we've seen the news things we've we've watched. I mean I watched uh, people that gloat over the like atrocities that gruesome they commit. deaths murders of like that's their bread and mostly butter mostly christians but like i watched one where they put him in this cage and then dropped the cage into the water and drowned them all in this i mean that's like you watch that and you're thinking inhumane be beyond inhumane people who like don't feed their dog and leave him tied up outside that's inhumane right this is like outright murder like and like sociopath. sociopathic and group sociopathy, right? So like it's not one person who's just a wacko who you can be like, man, that There's guy. There's many people that are on board with this it's behavior. It's a whole like culture thing, right? Yeah. So then you go. Which we want to make clear is not a Muslim culture thing. No, like, no, no, This no, is no. definitely subculture. I'm saying, yeah, like extremist, but but subculture enough to, that it's a group of or a mentality of people or a, you know, the, the reach that that goes beyond just some of those specific geographical locations. But apparently, you know, all over this place and. And, uh, and and then you look at that and you think, I mean, how, how, if it's one guy, you can isolate it and be like, well, that's, he just off his meds or, you know, something or something's wrong mentally or something like that. But then when you get this many, this many things going on, you're going, that's just pure evil incarnate in that form. And that's the kind of people that Jonah would have been called to, or that the point of the story is that is who we're talking about. That's, that's the point of it, which we'd be like, Ugh, they do not deserve any sort of grace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So, anyways, that's uh, that so, was. So, like, kind of how important. would it look like if you knew that God called you not only to go to like an ISIS cell to just tell them, like, yeah, hey, you need to cut it out, and you're in your head thinking, like, if they haven't cut it out now, they're probably not going to, and then getting shocked that they do cut it out, and then seeing God spare their lives, and you're thinking, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. They yeah. don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good, good thought on it. Wish I would have had that a couple weeks ago and, and could have incorporated that more in the message, but that's why this is here. So anyway, so God, God is bigger than our bias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that ends our white flag series. Next week, we start a brand new series called outside the lines, um, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. It's going to be the ghost for the, for the month of June. And uh, then we kind of move on from there. So hopefully you'll be able to be a part of that or listen in online. You can always, if you're listening to this from a distance and aren't able to make it on a weekend uh, with us, you can always go check out eastlaketricities.com slash talks. So it's basically just our website, but you have to add in slash talks. You won't be able to click on a link from the the page. You got to type it in. We're going to make you work for it a little bit and uh, hopefully you'll be a part of that. All right. Uh, let's move into our Say Something Interesting. We like to close out every podcast with a little something interesting that we've read, watched, experienced 
podcast uh, or just think that you this would be worth your time. Hopefully, you trust us enough that we've we've recommended a few things. You're like, give us a that second chance a if you're not into Star Wars to uh, make yeah, it up to you. Exactly, here. <laughs> uh, Margo. Why don't you go first, and then I'll I'll close it up. All right. So this is for all the animal lovers out there. Oh. Maybe you're sitting at home and you're like, man, I've been trying to convince my partner to adopt a dog for a long time. Well, I want to sell a dog to you. <laughs> there was recently a documentary put out uh, called The Puppies of Chernobyl. Oh. Talking about all, I don't the, like that this is all, headed, all the house pets that were left behind during the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl and how they like went wild, but they kept breeding. I mean, animals gonna do what animals gonna do. Oh. And so they actually sent a film crew in to like try to see what's happened to these animals and how they're still thriving in the midst of this. And they actually have figured out how to rescue these dogs, detoxify them, and they're flying them to the United States, the puppies. The offspring of these Chernobyl dogs. So you can adopt five legs and three eyes. (laughs) But it's interesting. It's actually really interesting to see the differences. Like they're not completely feral. Like they haven't gone back to like a. Well, (laughs) great news, guys. Not completely feral. Well, you'd think after like close to like was it forty years or something? Almost forty years ago, this happened. So uh, you think that they'd be a lot more crazy or whatever but they said like the biggest differences is like you show them a dog toy and they don't know what to do with it because they're just used to like sticks and yeah stuff like that uh but one of the more interesting facts is if you want to watch the documentary instead of investing in an actual glowing dog uh the puppies of chernobyl the director is this guy named drew scanlon who is only known for the meme of his face it's one of those motion memes he is known as the blinking white guy meme so if you've ever seen that blonde guy that oh, has that. Oh, that's him? <laughs> oh, like, excuse me? What yeah, did you like, just say? What? Did oh, I? really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is the director of this documentary. But so that's uh, if you're interested hilarious. in getting a dog, July, July, the first shipment of Chernobyl puppies. And uh, I'm trying to research it right now. I found the uh, an article on, on Huffington Post, but um, I don't know. Where do you, where can you access the uh, puppies of Chernobyl? Oh, it's YouTube, it looks like. Is it YouTube? Uh, possibly. Can't remember where I looked. Okay, well, I, it we, actually is I, like super interesting. Like I, I would recommend too. checking out or right. getting a puppy because who doesn't love puppies? Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, it would be right at home, right here. Oh home yeah, <laughs> it'd be a hand for dog. You'd be a mascot, man. Uh, he'd know exactly what to do if this whole thing just kind of went. Richland High sideways, needs to adopt a school dog. <laughs> New mascot, the bomber dog. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so mine is. Uh, obviously, with Memorial Day this last weekend, uh, you, I don't I don't know about you, but I get into like seasonal things. Like it, as soon as if it's Christmas time, I like to read about or watch about things about Christmas. Or if it's July Fourth, I, I usually read some sort of a America book or something. I don't know why. Um, so I over the weekend found and have been watching and reading two things. Uh, number one, uh, there's a documentary on HBO on John McCain who has got. Uh, uh, brain cancer and and wrote a book recently and has uh, just been kind of a American war hero. I, I just finished a book on prisoners of war and so it, it like even it, like, like made sense. Even if you're not aligned with him politically, I think he's an incredible human being. Absolutely, and watch this. I'm only like maybe 20 to 30 minutes. It's only an hour long documentary, but um, it's called For Whom the Bell Tolls because that's his favorite book growing up. It was, you know, the the book Ernest Hemingway about the guy who gave his life for a cause that he knew probably wasn't going to uh, work. Like every Ernest Hemingway book, it probably doesn't end I well. I know, it's tragedy, it doesn't end well. <laughs> and uh, like, like he really feels like that's symbolic for kind of how he's lived his life in the 
in the in the Senate and doing all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Regardless of how you feel about him politically, just the story of a great kind of human being. Um, it is on HBO, so I don't know. You know, you have to figure out how you get access. But I think are Hulu's, your cousins log in? Yeah, Hulu's doing like a four ninety nine a month if you want to add it on and do do something. But and there's other good stuff on there too, guys. So whatever. Uh, and then I also just picked up at Costco. I mentioned it because you can get it at Costco right now. And uh, who doesn't shop at Costco? And uh, who doesn't get their clothes at Costco? Am I right, Margo? <laughs> uh, a book by a guy named John Meacham, who is kind of a, a fantastic American historical author guy. Um, he just wrote a book called The Soul of America, and it's out. It's on Amazon for as cheap, but it's just as cheap at Costco, and you can get it today. Um, and uh, he is just uh, just one of our our best kind of like a feels like a Walter Isaacson or a David McCullough, if you guys know if you know who they are. Um, just biographies, not memoirs, but like just stuff about America that just makes you feel kind of proud to be an American and a little bit of uh, here's where we came from. And every time I read about um, you know the, uh, our uh, culture in in the in the past hundred years, two hundred years, whatever of, of just how men and women took it as an opportunity to do nationhood differently. You leave inspired as a result of it. I always do. Uh, has America made mistakes over the years? Of course, but for the most part, w- the way that they operated was so vastly different from the way most nations operate. That nations are like. Interesting and very interesting how in the world and, and as a result have changed. And I know it's like the westernization and perhaps imperialism, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. I get You're it. Good with the bad. But man, it's it's such a it's such a good stuff. And there's no way you could be like, it, that's all bad. There's it's it, there's plenty of great, fantastic insights in it. So uh, check out John Meacham's The Soul of America. If you're if Memorial Day got you all good feely about it good feely uh, well you know <laughs> like in terms solemn. of yeah it's a solemn memorial but like good feely about like these men who sacrifice so much that we could enjoy the freedoms that we have and july 4th is right around the corner guys so you've got some time to be able to kind of get both of these things under your belt um and uh then really go into fourth of july just like you know what i am proud to be American. wearing those that american flag swimsuit with pride oh absolutely <laughs> stars and stripes everywhere oh, all right gosh. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Say Something Interesting. Hey, we wanted to mention uh, one thing about, uh, yeah, uh, Margo's pointing at her notes. I got, I got it right here. I'm good. <laughs> like, don't, forget. Like, don't forget, don't forget. Um, we, uh, we made a decision this last week, our, our uh, leadership team, the board at Eastlake, uh, to reevaluate kind of how we were doing our, our nights service. And so if you've been a part of Eastlake Nights, we started it back in January. We knew we wanted to create an option in the evening and it's been uh, really just a kind of a fun interesting ride for us trying to figure out how do you do service for unchurched people that that's similar but different enough to feel unique and uh um unfortunately it just we we ran into some some problems just in terms of you know it's just a lot of effort it's a lot of expenditure on our part and and uh we're heading into a summer where I don't know if you know this, but not a lot of people go to church in July and August. The summer slump. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, instead of Margo and I hosting a small group, a really small group uh, on Sunday nights, we are looking and and evaluating and saying, you know what? We need to shut season one down of Eastlake Night. So I'm trying to save you uh, from showing up to an empty theater on Sunday evenings. But uh, this last Sunday, we made the announcement and it is our our uh, our final it was our final uh, uh, experience night's experience so we are working on um, trying to uh, yeah um, uh, evaluate over the summer uh, what our strategy would be because we know there's gonna be a season two 
I just don't know when it is. I don't have a date for you or a launch thing for you. Uh, but anyways, that uh, that's that's a big deal. And then uh, we also uh, wanted to mention, as a result, we're also going to celebrate kind of all of night stuff. But then also, like our our fiscal year ends in a couple of days. So our fiscal year for for budgeting and just for church life really is June through May. Um, it kind of runs with the school year because that's what we see the, the greatest participation in terms of church attendance and activity and whatever else. Uh, so we want to celebrate what uh, what happened in our fiscal year 2017-2018 by having a little party in the park on June 24th. Um, so it's going to be at two o'clock over at Howard Amon Park, and uh, you'll see some more information coming up in the weekly. Uh, but we would love to have you be a part of that. So mark your calendars, June twenty fourth. It's a Sunday, so we'll do church in the morning, uh, and then and then head over there and take Run over to Winco, Howard Amon. Make some potato salad. Br- hey, bring that American <laughs> flag uh, swimsuit that Maybe we were not. just talking Maybe about. Not. No, 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 do it, do it, do it. Um, but the big, a big part of this is also we know that we have new people i mean lots of new people yep and and it's hard to you know sunday mornings are in and out it's like a business thing which part of the reason we want to do nights was to have more of a kind of hangout type of feel where you don't have to leave right away and we can hang out in the lobby and do this and so this is going to help kind of we know that we've been shortchanging you on getting to know us and and just maybe it's the nature of it man you bring your kids your kids need to go get a nap you need to do lunch i mean it doesn't it's sunday morning's not conducive for people are always like oh i wish people would stay more i'm like yeah but you don't you get you get out right you show up late and you leave right away you're either hungry or someone's tired or yeah exactly um so anyways june 24th hopefully you can come out to the party in the park that will do it for for us for this episode of Say Something Interesting. Thanks so much for listening. However you found us, we're glad that you did. Uh, my name is Brent. You can find me on the socials at Brent Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N. Margo is? On the Instagrams at Adventures in Caffeine. Connect with us. Let us know if you found something interesting that we can talk about and share about. Have a great week, guys. See you next week. Bye.